You're now listening to the Oregon Public Retirement Planning Podcast, where we teach you how to best understand the financial planning strategies unique to a public servant in Oregon. From learning about how the PERS and FPDR pensions work, to the investment and tax planning strategies that are within your 457 and IAP, we will show you how to take your planning to the next level. Welcome back, everyone. This is Daniel Ryan, your host for the Oregon Public Retirement Planning Podcast. And today what we're going to be focusing on is Social Security. And I think this will be our last one for Social Security, at least for the time being. The goal of this podcast being little mini series of a foundational high level of different components so that we can start to implement strategies. And when you talk about strategies, that's when we're putting a lot of different things together at the same time or maybe layering on top of each other, if you will. And so it's important for us to have a high level on all of these topics. And for Social Security, one of the big ones that I found uh, that people are either confused on or don't know how to um, mitigate or get around is the windfall elimination provision and the government pension offset. So the first thing I want to do is find out who are we talking about here? Who does this apply to? Then I want to talk about what it does. And then I want to talk about how to get rid of it. Uh, if if it is possible for your exact situation. So we're going to give you some pointers there. The first thing I want to say is what we're talking about here applies to employers that did not pay into the social security system. A great example is to list out the ones that I usually see, which is city of Portland police and fire, for example, that pension has told members that, hey, if you don't have to pay your 6% into Social Security and we don't have to pay our 6% as the employer, we get to put more money into your pension. And we know how to take care of our people better than Social Security. That's kind of the premise here. So only public uh, you know, municipalities and state pensions can choose to opt out of Social Security. That's all. You, you, if you're a private employer, that's not even an option, right? You have to be in Social Security. But for public entities, when Social Security was created, they allowed, you know, these municipalities basically for states' rights, of course. Uh, they said, okay, we, we can't impose this, but you can opt in or opt out. And over time, most of the pensions have actually opted into Social Security. And so, as we're talking through it, that's the most important thing is who does this apply to? So again, city of Portland, that one does not pay into social security and it can create a lot of issues for people uh, to go in and out of these pensions then because then you have some social security, you have some that's not and all this, uh, all this other ambiguity. Some other ones that are important to know, CalSTRS, which is the teacher's retirement system in California, that one also does not pay into social security. And then you have the interstate pensions, which are, of course, between several states. Uh, those, those entities or organizations typically do not pay into Social Security. It depends on which one you're working for. Then you also have Nevada PERS and you have Texas TRS. And here it gets even more confusing because even down to the employer, I'll use Texas as an example, some school districts have opted in, some, some school districts have not opted in to pay for Social Security. It's it's a little confusing. So some people might not even know if they've paid into social security. The issue is if you feel like, you know what, Daniel, this does not apply to me because I've always worked for Oregon PERS and they do pay into social security. In all likelihood, you're correct. But I still want you to know about this because I have a lot of clients that either in the future will leave to go work for one of these 
uh, other municipalities, and then they don't know how that impacts their PERS and their Social Security they've paid into thus far. So still, I want you to be aware of that. But it's also really important because I want you to then inoculate yourself because I have always tell my clients, please, the worst thing you can do for your retirement plan is go talk to a peer because their situation, you know, just imagine that you're talking to a buddy and they say, oh yeah, you know, with my government pension offset, I'm not going to get any social security money. And then you say, well, maybe that's, maybe I, I have that same problem and, and it's totally different. Okay. So I want you to understand why it does not apply to you or why it does. So that being said, uh, if you were in one of those pensions, and there's a few more, but that those are the big ones that I see uh, from the day-to-day. If you were in one of those pensions, then in all likelihood, you are subject to the windfall elimination provision and the government pension offset. Again, the premise being that these municipalities and state pensions said, we can take care of our people better than the federal government. It's not a political statement. That's just what the premise is. And Social Security said, okay, fine, then we'll penalize you for whatever Social Security money you were supposed to get. Okay, well, that that hurts. Because in all reality, even if you work for City of Portland Police and Fire, or you worked in Nevada PERS, you probably paid into Social Security at some point. It's just very, very likely that you have, uh, you know, worked at Jamba Juice, or you worked in a Oregon PERS, and then you went into, you know, City of Portland. Whatever it is, you probably have some social security work history and and basically it, it's potential that you get nothing from that. So here you paid into the system, you got nothing back. That That's the hero's penalty. That, that's what we call this. It's really, really sad. Um, another pension, for example, for those of you who had federal service is CSRS did not pay into social security, but FERS does. So again, it's important for us to know what the lay of the land is here and who this applies to. Now let's talk about what it does. The windfall elimination provision says if you worked somewhere like City of Portland Police and Fire and you worked there for 25 years and so you have uh, 10 years in the Social Security system because you worked other jobs that paid into Social Security, maybe even part-time while you were working for City of Portland uh, or whatever it is, okay? And they're going to say, well, because you had less than 20 years of substantial earnings, we call it, and we'll talk about that next, because you have 20 years or less, then you probably will be reducing your Social Security check by about $512 in 2022. And just please know that that number keeps going up with inflation. So if you are 50 and you're looking at taking your Social Security in 15 years, you're looking at the benefit and here it says in 15 years, it will be $2,500 and, and, or whatever the number is, and you're reducing it by $500, but you have not run the inflation number to say, well, it's actually probably closer to $800 reduction. So just keep that in mind that that is the number for this year. If you're collecting social security right now, but it is not going to tell you the projected number like social security estimates try to do. Okay. So you got to keep apples to apples. But essentially what they say it is, hey, because you basically worked the majority of your career, 20 years or less, was paid into Social Security, and so we are going to take the full windfall elimination provision, meaning if your Social Security check is supposed to be 500 bucks, you're going to get zero. If it's supposed to be $520, you just get a couple bucks. 
And that is based on your earnings history. Okay. So that's what they're saying here. Again, if you have 20 years or less of substantial earnings. Now, what are substantial earnings in the eyes of Social Security? Well, in 2022, this year, if you earn more than $27,000, just over that $27,300, I think it is this year, um, then, then you have enough to count that year as substantial earnings, meaning you paid enough into the system that we're going to see if you can get over 20 years of that, we'll start to reduce the provision. So not $500, but maybe $400 and so forth. If you have 30 years of substantial earnings, and the list of what you need to get is actually on the Social Security website. They list out what the substantial earnings are. Uh, then if you have 30 years or more, then then you're fine. You won't actually be affected. But that is so unlikely. Here's how that would work. If you worked 30 years in the organ pension system, just regular organ PERS, and then you were thinking about doing something for the city of Portland Police and Fire or for the interstate pension or whatever it is, then you won't be affected by this. That So that's the way to think about it because you might only be working you know, five years or something and, and maybe just doing it part-time but actually still getting enough to qualify for their pension. So if that be the case, that's how you would use this to your advantage because now you have 30 years or more of substantial earnings, okay? Not just earnings, but substantial. And of course, I'm giving you today's dollars, but they have gone back in time so that I know inflated numbers uh, are appropriate. You know, back in 1980, it was it was like if you made five grand or more, then that counts, okay? So that's what the windfall elimination provision is. And the way to get around it is to work um, basically this, this, uh, full amount of 30 years or more of substantial earnings. There's other ways as well, but they are very technical and it can be very, very difficult and dangerous for me to recommend this. Uh, because if you do this and get it wrong, you're, you're going to be in a world of hurt. But one of the options, um, could potentially be looking at how do we cash out the pension, um, or how, how do we separate things like the optional retirement plans for higher educators and things like that? There's, there's really technical stuff and it's really case by case. So I don't want to get into that today, but just know if you feel like these are applying to you, there are other ways you might've heard them or been researching, but my goodness, please work with someone that can walk you through this to look at all the ins and outs because there's tons of financial and tax implications not to mention social security overall. So that's what the windfall elimination provision is. Now the government pension offset is now based on your spousal or survivor benefits. And that's why we talked about those last time in our podcast. Uh, Basically what this means is, let's say that you have a really, really small benefit from social security because again, maybe you worked city of Portland police and fire your entire career and you have like a couple hundred dollars that you were expecting on your own work record for social security. And so obviously the windfall elimination provision made it a zero. And so now you're thinking, well, Hey, Daniel just told me about these spousal benefits and 50% of my spousal benefit is going to be $1,500 or maybe $1,000. I don't know, but certainly over 500, maybe I will qualify based on that. Social security figured that out. So they created the government pension offset for those benefits. And they said, uh, basically 
whatever two-thirds of your non-covered pension is, which is like City of Portland Police and Fire Pension, that's going to offset by two-thirds the uh, Social Security benefit. So let's use an example here. Let's say your benefit from FPDR is $5,000 a month. Or uh, let's let's actually use a little bit easier number. Let's say it's $3,000 a month. And your Social Security spousal benefit or survivor benefit is supposed to be $1,000 a month. Then Social Security says, well, two-thirds of your non-covered pension is going to offset that. Meaning up to $2,000, because 2000 of 3000 is the two-thirds mark, up to $2,000 of Social Security, either from survivor or spousal benefits, meaning you're going to get a zero. If the spousal benefits or survivor benefits are above two-thirds of whatever you were going to get, then you get some. So again, the, the reason that this is so sad is that as we discussed in our last episode, even folks who didn't work a day in their life, but they had somebody that was paying into Social Security, they at least got 50% of that spouse's Social Security check. So that's a really bad deal. And worse yet, when your spouse passes away, if you have this government pension offset, which I found is is very likely, of course, if you're city of Portland and kind of likely if you worked anywhere else in the in the country uh, for at least a little bit of time, now this can offset everything you were supposed to get as a survivor benefit or as a spousal benefit. So you would have been better off not working in some cases at all, you know, just strictly from a retirement planning standpoint, not of course during the years that you were collecting a paycheck, but but you get what I'm saying. And and the issue is that a lot of these government pensions don't have a full survivor benefit, for example, um, or if they if they have a survivor benefit, it's a 50% benefit. You know, of course, City of Portland, you can choose one that has zero up to 100, depending on, on what you want to reduce your pension by. But that can create a really big issue if one of the spouses passes away and the other one is planning on getting the survivor benefit, they're going to get zero potentially because this government pension offset. And I've seen this happen with uh, they were a CSRS, you know, which is a post office or a federal employee, you know, um, and they don't pay into Social Security back in the day, and so they their spouse passed away and they didn't get anything from Social Security zero. Versus in a normal situation, you would have gotten their full pension. I'll use PERS as a great example. Your survivor spouse, you choose option two, they get the full pension amount, and the bigger of the social security checks. You get both. But if you're a city of Portland police and fire, you don't get the other social security check because you have a pension from the city. And so it's it's very sad uh, to watch that happen. So we want to be simply aware that this is going to potentially affect our situation. If you work for the same pension that you are collecting from, I'll use TRS in Texas as an example, because some employers in that pension have opted in, some of them have opted out. You have to be in the exact same pension, but if you worked in one of the employers that does pay into Social Security, 
for 60 months. It's called the last 60 months rule. You can then at that point get rid of the government pension offset essentially. Because in my opinion, that is the one that's detrimental. Uh, You don't get any spousal benefits in most circumstances and you won't get any survivor benefits. So when you're trying to coordinate how to to, take your pension, for example, this is a big deal. And so if you're not aware of these two provisions within Social Security, it it becomes extremely difficult. And so if you want to work the more earnings history, that is how you solve for the WEP. Uh, But if you are really trying to figure out, is the government pension offset going to ruin our potential for our spousal benefit or survivor benefit, then you want to be aware of that as well and find out if you're still in the same pension. It has to be the same pension. It can't be FPDR and then come into PERS and work for five years. That's not the same thing. Uh, It has to be the same pension. So for Oregon public retirement, there isn't a situation where you can do that. But if you were in TRS, let's say that you moved into TRS, uh, in Texas, for example, or you're at the interstate pension or whatever, whatever you're moving into, try to find an employer that actually does pay into the social security system. Now, the other way to potentially get around the government pension offset is to cash out your pension. But there are, again, huge watchouts with that strategy, because if you get any of the employer benefits that were paid into the pension, you're still going to be having the government pension offset. It can only be your contributions and the interest from those contributions that were made into your retirement system. The other thing to keep in mind is that your 457 could potentially be working against you. If you have been been getting any of these benefits uh, put into a deferred compensation plan from your employer, whether that's a 403B or a drop plan or a 457, whatever it is, if there was any employer benefits and you were working for an employer that did not pay into social security, then that is also going to be an issue. It's going to count against you for the government pension offset. So that's what this is. That's who it affects. Okay. It's really critical that we understand it. And then once you guys have more questions, uh, submit those to our website at Oregon Public Retirement Planning. Uh, or or, sorry, OregonPublicRetirement.com. And and that's really our sister website where we just want to teach and we want to walk you through all of these different components so that you can take your planning to the next level. Before you go, just a quick note from our attorneys. Different types of investments involve a varying degree of risks and there are no assurances that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client portfolio. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Estate planning and tax information provided is general in nature, so always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding the specific legal or tax situation. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as complete analysis of the subjects discussed. All expressions of opinion reflect the judgment of the author and presenter as of the date of publication and are subject to change and do not constitute as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any investment strategy. An advisor does not represent, warranty, or imply that the services or methods of analysis employed by the firm can or will predict the future results, successfully identify market tops and bottoms, or insulate clients from losses due to market corrections or declines. Investments are subject to market risks and potential of loss of principal invested. All investment strategies, likewise, have the potential for profit or loss. 
past performance is no guarantee of future results, different types of investments involve a varying degree of risk and therefore cannot have an assurance that there, any investment will be either suitable or profitable for a client portfolio. There are no assurances that any portfolio will match or outperform any particular benchmark.